You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help. They'll get you there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. All right, time for some hoops talk. NBA at its finest. We tap into one of our favorite NBA guys. You hear him on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Gerald Brown, good enough to hop aboard on CBS Sports Radio. GB, how's your Saturday night? Hey, Jody Mack, I'm doing well, man. I got the news. We got, we got baseball back, so you know what? I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's good. You are a multi-sport guy, but I'm talking hoops with you tonight. All right, we're down to the final between 17 and 15 games most of the NBA teams are at right now. There's some pretty mm-hmm. damn good battles going on, a lot to be decided between now and the end of the regular season. Is there anything you know right now for sure? Is there something that you feel very strongly about, even above and beyond the final 15 games of the regular season? Yes, the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, Jody. Um, You know, they're in a very unique situation. Uh, You know, Portland just doesn't have the sort of stretch run. I mean, obviously, you know, without C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard combining together, you know, it's almost, if you will, kind of walking in like the backdoor thing for the Lakers. They will get into the playoffs. And honestly, uh, LeBron James has really – taking a step forward and, and really had two monster back-to-back games. But just making the playoffs, I think, really will put the minds in, at ease for a lot of Lakers fans. But I think that's where it really stops other than the fact is that I don't see them going any farther than that. But making the playoffs, that's one thing I'm definitely certain that will happen. Right. I like it, but now uh, that lends me to my next question. Thank you very much. As of right now, they're pretty much locked into the ninth spot in the West. They're uh, four and a half games behind the Clippers, not catching them. And they're two and a half games ahead of the Pelicans. Doubt they're going to lose out there. But Zion Williamson returns to practice for the Pelicans. Just shooting, no really true weight-bearing. And they did say uh, in a team release he's still out indefinitely, but he wouldn't come back if they didn't think there was an outside shot. He could actually get on the floor before the playoffs start. Is Zion Williamson any factor in the playoffs, specifically a first-round win and you're moving on, lose, you're going home, matchup against the Lakers? You know, Jody, I, I, I can't see that. And, you know, I would be very shocked that management uh, that would set that up to put that type of pressure on a young man that, Obviously, he's been dealing with this foot injury. He's been out all season. And this is one of the reasons why you made that C.J. McCollum deal. I know he's been in health and safety protocols. Hopefully, he'll be back really soon. But you have him in combination of Brandon Ingram. I think it's just about, you know, look, if he can make some type of contribution, that'll be great. But if I'm part of that New Orleans Pelicans front office, 
and I'm Willie Green, the head coach for them. I can't really count on Zion Williamson for anything other than perhaps, you know what, just being a good cheerleader, which he's been doing, and being sort of visible with his teammates. But uh, I, I think just obviously it's unfortunate, but it's just not enough time to even have him be a factor for this team come playoff time. All right, I know you're a student of the game here in 2022, but also a student of the history of the game, so I'm interested yes. in your take here. Major milestone achieved last night. Greg Popovich passed Don Nelson to become the all-time winningest NBA coach. That's an accomplishment and achievement unto itself, but it also lends itself to ranking. Where does he rank on the list of all-time coaches in the NBA is he in your top three? Because I am very steadfast in my belief as to who the top three are and what order they're in. Give me your top three NBA coaches of all time. Oh, oh Joey, I mean, oof. you got to have the great legendary Red Al back up there. I mean, obviously, you know, Phil Jackson would be another one. Um, oof. Mm. But here's the thing, and this is where I think, you know, obviously great question. It's just a question of what, what – I'll ask you, and I'll turn it around on you. For sure. your top three, what is the criteria? Is it all about championships? Because there are some great coaches, you know, in terms of guys like legendary Dick Mata, you know, Hubie Brown, guys that really didn't get a chance to win in, and, and win championships. But they really, again, had excellent teachers, great coaches of the game. So is it all about winning championships? Or is it a situation where guys had a lot of wins? I mean, Don Nelson is unbelievable. You know, he just had the misfortunes of having those Milwaukee Bucks teams right around the time the Celtics were the Celtics. So what is your criteria? Mine is uh, a combination of uh, several different things. Uh, certainly most wins ever, ability to do it for a long period of time, winning seasons, and uh, playoff success, and the utmost playoff success, of course, is championships. So that's a big part of it, but it's not the sole determining factor for me. For me, it's cut and dry. Top three, and then there's a drop-off. Phil Jackson, one. Red Arback, two. Greg Popovich, three. And then you can debate everybody else thereafter from four to however far you want to go down the list. But I think those three have distanced themselves from everybody else, and I do have them in a specific order. Jackson, Arbeck, Popovich. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that in terms of maybe, you know, you could flip-flop Jackson and Arbeck. You know, uh, obviously Red did it with one team. Phil did it with multiple teams and stuff that led to a lot of the success. But I think when you break it all down, Greg Popovich, his contribution, and I always said, you think about it, Joey Mack, the success and the longevity of the San Antonio Spurs really, I think, opened up the idea of the NBA looking at a franchise when they decided to have the Oklahoma City Thunder come into existence and move from Seattle to go into Oklahoma City based upon the fact is what we were able to witness with the, the, the San Antonio Spurs, and, you know, if you break it down even furthermore, and I think, you know, obviously we live in a situation where you say the what ifs. Just imagine how they had it set up with R.C. Buford, the general manager, and Greg Popovich. You get from David Robinson to Tim Duncan. You have these excellent draft picks in Manager Ginobili, second-rounder, Tony Parker, and then you have a Kawhi Leonard. And then, I mean, the what ifs, what if Kawhi Leonard would have stayed? 
They were the team that won the free agency services of LaMarcus Aldridge when everybody thought he leaves Portland, he's going to go to a major market. He chose to go to San Antonio. And the torch was passed to Kawhi Leonard. And imagine with this team and the success that they had, I think it was like 22 straight consecutive seasons that they made the playoffs, five championships in 13 years. That probably would be a whole different story. And to this day, if Kawhi Leonard and basically would have stayed in San Antonio. So there's uh, undeniably, you know, he's one of the greats. I think you have to put him up there because I think clearly he was the one that opened the eyes of the NBA as a whole and said that we could have a championship caliber team in a small market and be profitable and successful. Great point by you. And I will forgive Coach Popovich that he is probably more responsible for load management in the NBA than anyone else who's ever come (laughs) along, which I have my own problems with, but we won't even go there. Let me ask you a question because you said maybe you flipped Jackson and R back at the top. I don't, and for one simple reason, and I've been arguing this on the air for, what, 30 years now, um, and certainly Arbeck had accomplished what he had done by the time I started. Phil did a lot while I was on the air. How come nobody ever mentions, when talking about Red Arbeck, that he had the best team every single year? That they put together the best team, and he had something to do with that, but we're not talking about his general manager chops. We're just talking about his coaching and there was no such thing as free agency. So you build a super team, and guess what? You keep it together for a decade and win nine championships. Phil at least did it in the era of free agency where you had to re-put the pieces around your star players. Uh, in Chicago, it was the non-Rodman years and then the Rodman years. And in L.A., it was the Shaq years and then the non-Shaq years. Phil did it with two different teams, with two different, certainly, lead superstars, but changing casts around them. Tommy Einstein, uh, excuse me, Red Auburn never did that. He just threw the same team out there for a decade, won nine championships. Which do you think is a greater accomplishment? I'm going to have to lean, lean towards Red Auburn because of oh. one thing, Jody Mack, and here's the thing. The late, great Jerry Reinsdorf, excuse me, Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause played a huge role. And basically, the drafting of certain players, B.J. Armstrong, you draft a Horace Grant, you draft a Scottie Pippen. And it wasn't a situation where you had Michael Jordan. He even said in, in the Jordan doc, he never asked, Jordan never came to him and asked him to trade this guy, get this guy, all this stuff. You look at their, 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 their uh, I guess, if you will, the creation of their team. That team was put together with shrewd uh, trades, free agency, draft picks, and developed players. Now, when you look at Red Arbeck, and then it, let's take it a step further with Phil. Phil goes out to L.A., and really, again, some of that, you look at the front office, it's L.A., and his imprint and stuff and impact, I would not deny that at all. But I think that you probably have to lean a little towards Jerry West. Also, in Chicago, I have to lean towards the great Jerry Krause and some of the moves that he made that really changed that franchise, which inevitably led to the fact that Phil never finishing his career with Chicago as well as Michael because Jerry Krause felt like he should have gotten a lot more credit than and rightfully so than he was given. Red Albeck did it all. And granted, yes, it was in an era you didn't have as many teams, but the decisions and some of the moves that they made and he made in terms of developing – and bringing in players, there was no G League, none of that stuff at all. 
just getting college players and guys coming in that were able to play that type of basketball at such a high elite level. Here, here's where I disagree with you. We're just evaluating them as coaches. If you want to talk coach slash executive, Phil Jackson is, gets a major fail because he tried it Absolutely. after his coaching deal was over, went to New York and fell flat on his face. Made a lot of money, but he was god-awful at it. Oh, no, we're only talking about the coaching aspect of it. So the fact that Arbeck was instrumental in putting that championship team together doesn't get any points, doesn't earn him any points as a coach. It just means they put together the best team in the NBA, and he coached them to a championship. Others did it for Phil, but they put the best team together, and he coached them to a championship. The only thing was that Phil had more changing parts Different teams, different players in and out. Yes, he had the core superstar in both Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, but there was actually a hell of a lot more changes during his uh, two different runs to all his championships than Arbeck's one continuous nonstop run with the Celtics. To me, that's why Jackson gets the nod over Arbeck. Well, you got to give also some credit to Tex Winters. It was his system that Phil Jackson implemented, and Tex Winter was right there. Oh, by the way, that happens to be the godfather of the triangle offense and stuff. So I think clearly, if you look at this situation as a whole, you got to say, listen, in any of the successful Jackson, and I, and, and I mean this no disrespectful way at all, you got to add, add a little fact that the matter is, it was Tex Winter's system. I don't know whatever the system that Red Albrecht had in place. You're talking about a guy that was doing it from multiple standpoints and multiple roles. That's something that's very hard to overlook. And you're right. A different era in basketball in terms of movement, free agency, all those things definitely should be factored in. However, I look at the fact is Phil Jackson had guys from Tex Winter, a lot of uh, guys that were there that were very, very influential. And putting together a system that was so successful, and then it doesn't hurt to have arguably – Two players that would basically go down as one of some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Understood, and and I do not uh, attempt to refute that he had two all-time great players. But again, the changing pieces made it a changing picture every single year, and I think that that achievement outdoes what Red Arback did. And if we're giving out uh, assists, I would give one to the maintenance man at the Boston Garden, who always made it unbelievably <laughs> tough on every visiting team whoever came in to take on Red Celtics. All right, let's Jettison back up here to 2022. Uh, like I said. 14, 15, 16 games left for most of these teams. The East is tremendously bunched right now. One through five, one through six. Does the seeding in the East mean all that much? Uh, you know, home court advantage is usually a key. Miami sits atop right now, but there could be massive movement over these last several weeks. How important is seeding in the Eastern Conference for the playoffs? I, I think that, you know what, there's one team that I think really – I'm a little concerned about, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think arguably if they get in, listen, it's a win-win situation for them, for that franchise in that city, that they have turned the page from the LeBron James era, and now they've been able to build something, Kobe Altman in the general manager role, and being able to build that organization and build them back up, the future is very bright for them. Um, it, it matters somewhat. I think Miami is a little concerned, but I think clearly, Jody, the team that I'm sitting there just laying in the weeds, they're about two and a half games back, maybe three in the lost column, if I'm not mistaken, the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that has been pretty much under the radar. You know, they haven't gotten all the fanfare, the attention. 
But yet it just seems apparent that they have learned how to win a championship. Once they won that championship, they've learned how to manage the season. You know, they're doing it without Brooke Lopez. And now Brooke Lopez is hopefully going to be back soon. They made the trade to get Serge Ibaka. They got these pieces in the continuing development and evolution of Giannis' Antetokounmpo's game has been interesting. Yes, he's still shooting that jump shot, but he has a nice little fadeaway around the basket. And Jim Drew Holiday and Chris Milton are becoming further more and more of a sort of three-headed monster. It's something that you will need come the playoff time. So it, it, does it really matter in some way, shape, or form? It does, but then again, it doesn't. But I think it's different for each and every single team. All right, uh, I want to ask you about one specific team, and that's the team that's right behind Milwaukee, third in the East right now, and that's the 76ers. they got 17 games left, which is more than most teams. Most are, as I say, 14, 15. they got 17 left, so they got uh, a little bit more, and they could make up ground just by finishing out their sked. They're okay for the next couple of uh, weeks or so, Orlando, Denver, Cleveland, Dallas, Toronto. Well, Dallas is a pretty darn good game. I know if I'd call it a playoff prep, Toronto – They've got a Miami game at home, who just cleaned their clock down in Miami. Back uh, Second night of a back-to-back, both home against Toronto and Miami. Then they got Phoenix on the road, and Phoenix is the best team in the NBA. And then their final eight game, well, they got Milwaukee right after Phoenix. They finish out Detroit, Charlotte, Cleveland, Indiana, Toronto, Indiana, Detroit. It is not a tough schedule to end. They've got a couple of key games between now and then. How important do those games, the ones I noted, the big games against the teams that are absolutely in the playoffs, are, are how important are those games for James Harden? Because I got to well, admit, I mean, he, he stunk out the joint the other night. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. always been a guy who's been a phenomenal regular season player, but he has not always distinguished himself in the postseason. Should Philadelphia fans have a legit concern if James Harden doesn't show up big in a couple of these big regular season games before the playoffs get underway? Oh, absolutely, Jody Mack. I think clearly he has to show some promise, but unfortunately you could even take it a step further that Doc Rivers and this Sixers team will be evaluated based on what they do in the playoffs, not the regular season, because they did exceptionally well last year. They were right there. They lose to an Atlanta Hawks team, and we know how things turned out with Ben Simmons in that whole situation. But now you're talking about James Harden who's had that sort of proverbial monkey on his back in terms of being able to step up and be there in the playoffs. And that is going to be a big thing for him to have to deal with. But he's not alone with it. This, I think this Philadelphia 76ers team has to show more than ever that last year was a fluke, kind of like a few years back when we were in the bubble and you had the Milwaukee Bucks lose to the Miami Heat after an amazing season first round I think they had the number one seed overall and then they go out to the Miami Heat in the bubble it was basically whatever you do in the regular season you got to show and prove and rectify that mistake and show that was a fluke and that that previous season and I think that's what it boils down for the Philadelphia 76ers because honestly if this team falls short of anything close to an NBA finals appearance I don't know obviously they've made all these decisions that they're going to go ahead and they're all in on on James Harden with a contract extension and all the draft picks that they gave up. But I think clearly somebody's going to have to fall on the sword, unfortunately, and take the blame. And I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Doc Rivers, unfortunately, is that person. And a person that Dal Morey would probably look to go to is maybe a guy like Mike D'Antoni back into the saddle again 
And now you have Harden, Dan and Tony, as well as MP to go along with Morey to really go ahead and once again try to build this team into a championship team. Gerald, great stuff. We got a fun four weeks before the playoffs get underway. A lot of good basketball between now and then. I will probably get you back on between now and then. Thanks for coming on with me tonight. Jody, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate my it. My pleasure. Gerald Brown from Sirius XM's NBA Radio here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Doc Rivers' job in jeopardy if the Sixers falter. Interesting. We can debate that and all things NBA coming back. After a quickie timeout, get aboard with the Mac Man. 855-212-4CBS. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.